by Terrell Road Bible Chapel. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening on our social and media platforms. We know that it might be difficult to get together right now, but we're going to do our very best to stay connected. So grab a cup of coffee, maybe a comfy chair, and open your Bible, and let's dive into today's message. Good morning, Tower Road Bible Chapel. It is a pleasure to be with you this morning as we discuss our topic for today, Encouragement in the Body of Christ, as part of our continuing series on body life, living as the people of God. It is quite obvious that we are living through times that many of us have never experienced before. There is much uncertainty in every avenue and aspect of life right now, from our work, the health of our nation and the world, and our health as the body of Christ. We are dealing with something that we have not personally dealt with, but our ancestors and some of our heroes in the faith have certainly dealt with troubled times like these. The question of what is the body of Christ is a relevant question these days. We are seeing each other via FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or waving at each other through windows, with many of us lamenting the lack of the body physically being present with one another. With our physical separation and both personal and spiritual turmoil in mind, Our topic of discussion or thought for this morning is encouragement within the body of Christ. Now, a simple search through the Bible for encouragement can lead you in a number of different ways. Using your favorite search engine, you can find about 30 or so specific uses for the word encourage, ranging from a commandment to encourage Joshua, the son of Nun, who shall be the instrument in leading the Jewish people to inherit the land of Israel, to David asking his military commander to encourage his troops against an attack on an Ammonite city. When we look into the New Testament, we find several verses there, interestingly enough, most of which involve the Apostle Paul, who stood up to offer encouragement to those in Antioch, and again, delivering letters of encouragement to the believers in Antioch, Lydia, the region of Macedonia, and also receiving encouragement from the brothers in Achaia. Indeed, the Apostle Paul's very ministry seems to have been extremely focused on the entire concept of providing encouragement to the believers and persuasion and pleading the case of Christ to the unbeliever. Now, I would like to just pause for a moment and at the outset of this discussion today, bring up something that perhaps we can chuckle at a bit, yes, but also cause us to think about what phrases we use and how we use them. Anyone who grew up in the Brethren churches has heard the word encouragement before except speaking from personal experience, we typically didn't hear it in the same way that the Apostle Paul was talking about it. Usually it meant that you were in some kind of trouble. If you felt that vice grip on your shoulder and the phrase, now brother, let me just encourage you, it meant that you were in for it. The phrase is, I just want to encourage you too, usually meant that you were in trouble for doing something you shouldn't have or not doing something that it was felt that you should have. Our phrasing of, 
let me encourage you, brother or sister, typically fell along the line with the idea that to spare the rod is to spoil the child. Now, I don't want to suggest that there weren't times when we needed that rod of discipline, as it were, growing up, and I can certainly attest to that. But I do want to suggest that examining that type of culture where the phrase, let me encourage you, tended to bring the hearer apprehension at the least, as opposed to the type of joy that I think the Apostle Paul speaks of in God's word is a valuable use of our time and how we speak to one another. Having decided what encouragement is not, let's turn our attention towards what it may be, and more directly, what it may be within the body of Christ. Again, as has been stated, the Apostle Paul's writings within the New Testament are completely rife with suggestions of encouragement, indicating that through the encouragement of the scriptures we have hope, from Romans 15.4, and benedictions of May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, verse 5. What we definitely see within the New Testament is that there is a strong community aspect of what the Bible speaks of in terms of encouragement. I suppose it had better be, or this will be an exceedingly useless message. But no, obviously there is a great community aspect of encouragement, The Apostle Paul, for example, took joy in being able to send Tychicus to the Ephesians for their encouragement, and again in sending the same man to the church in Colossae. Now here is where there lies a seemingly major problem that has reared reared its ugly head across our globe in the past several months. We've just been reading and studying how being together, that community aspect, is of vital importance for encouraging one another in the body of Christ. However, at this time, many of us find ourselves mostly staying indoors, or when we go out, crossing the street to maintain our CDC-recommended six-foot distances from one another. We find ourselves in one of the most difficult and stressful times in modern history for many of us, with the fear of the unknown, of difficult days ahead, and we find ourselves without the gift of being able to be physically with each other and meet one another. And an idea which I personally believe to be the correct decision, I may add, that it's probably our responsibility and duty to maintain our distances. But what shall we say here? Does the scripture fail us here? Are we to throw up our hands in frustration and anger and say that there is no way for us to encourage one another as the body of Christ? Are we to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope when things seem darkest? Is it not our profound duty at this time to draw near to Christ that he may draw near to us? Let us take a moment and examine a short passage from Romans 1 and then a story from the life of an incredibly faithful and passionate servant of God from the mid-1900s. If you could open your Bibles to Romans 1, and we'll read verses 8 to 12. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. 
For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that way that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Notice what the Apostle Paul says here. You may have to follow me a bit here because I think the point is subtle, but is absolutely profound. Let's look at that last phrase again, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Paul is directly stating here that the process of encouraging one another is a mutual thing that is directly related to each other's faith. Paul is speaking here of life-giving spiritual gifts to strengthen one another, each other's faith. Many of you know the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. For those of you who are not familiar, Bonhoeffer was born in Breslau, in 1906 into a family of seven children. At the age of 16, he began his studies in theology, most of which took place in Berlin. After graduation, he took up positions in various countries and cities, Barcelona, then Berlin. Then he made a trip to the United States to Union Theological Seminary for a year. During his time in the States, he was heavily influenced by the African-American church in Harlem and became fascinated by the old Negro spirituals, teaching his friends and companions such such songs as Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. From 1933 onward, during the Nazi regime's rise to power, Bonhoeffer in part fueled by his experiences with the African-American church and their struggle, became an outspoken critic of the new terror. Despite chances to run and seek refuge from the regime, Bonhoeffer found himself back in Germany, often preaching and speaking to clandestine groups. Bonhoeffer was arrested in April 1943 and was executed on special orders from Heinrich Himmler in April of 1945. One of his publications is a book entitled Life Together, which I'm sure I've mentioned before. The following is a quote from this book. But God has put this word into the mouth of men in order that it may be communicated to other men When one person is struck by the word, he speaks it to others. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, in the mouth of man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself He cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother man as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. 
He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. And that also clarifies the goal of all Christian community. They meet one another as bringers of the message of salvation. Friends, family, loved ones, this is the essence of all we have to say on the subject. The Bible is clear on this account, and the words of Bonhoeffer so poignantly elucidate this message to us. It is always, both this day and forever will be, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Both the goal and the method of encouragement in the body of Christ is just that, to tell the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to one another. I need it from reading the word of God, but I need it in the word of my brother. When my heart falters, I need the message of salvation in the word of my brothers and sisters. When your heart falters, may I be there as the bringer of the message of salvation to you. Tell it again, tell it again, tell it again, tell it again and again and again. May we never tire of telling the truth of God's love to us, of Jesus' sacrifice for us, of the victory of Christ over sin and death and hell. In these hard days, is there a better way? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Such an example is surely worth mentioning these difficult days. I urge you this week, call someone from the church. Yes, not just send a text, but call someone. Tell them that you're praying for them. Tell them Jesus loves them. Speak the scriptures to one another. Among your family, spend time reading the gospels and seeing how Jesus loved the least of these. Tell each other of the love of Jesus for his people. 
among your co-workers who may express some trepidation during these dark days, ask them if you can pray for them. Tell them of the love of Jesus. May we be the voice of Christ to each other. May Christ, in my words, lift your heart when it falters. May the Christ in your words lift my heart when it falters. This is the essence of encouragement within the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, may you be reminded of Christ's eternal, dying, and undying love for you and for me. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by that message. You can connect with us at trbc.us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram.